Welcome to Healthy Perspectives Podcast with Jeremiah, where we provide clinical perspectives on current social and cultural issues. And don't forget, you can subscribe at Podbean, Spotify, Apple, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe at any or all of them. You can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Getter, Twitter, and many other social media sites. Or you can email us at healthy perspectives with an S at protonmail.com. Today, we're going to hit another lesson I learned from my experience on Twitter. Today, we talk about projection. So as a therapist, I've dealt with this for years. I've, I've watched time and time again as people come in and, you know, they're experiencing projection. They're either experiencing it or they're doing it. The act of projecting their own innermost feelings and desires onto another person, which is what projection is. Right. The idea of I'm going to put my stuff on you. I don't like this and I'm going to assume that you don't like this. I like this. Therefore, I assume you like this. Hey, we're in the same location. So I'm going to assume we have similar beliefs. It's projection. The clinical explanation that I'm going to give you is this. It's there's two, two different reasons I typically see it come out. Now, look, we could get into this, this dialogue and we could talk for hours and hours about what makes projection happen. I'm going to give you the two things that I see the most. One, it's sometimes used as a technique to align. It's really a manipulation, a technique to align in order to find common ground. See, if I make the assumption and I go with it, and you don't tell me no, well, then we're on the same team. If you tell me no, then I immediately know where I have to be defensive and what I have to protect, right? We see that all the time, and in particular on social media, but we also see it in, in our media, in our politics, in our day-to-day -day life at school, let's say, or at work. We come across people who just assume they know us based on the fact that they're putting their stuff on us. And we can walk away being like, how was that mine? Like, what? what just happened there? So understand it is often used as a manipulation, a way of finding out, am I on your team? Or as I should say, are you on my team? Right? It's that selfish perspective of, are you with me or are you not with me? All right. The other thing that I see it used for quite often, probably maybe this one might actually come up more, is a as a defense mechanism. It's a technique to avoid, to avoid our own feelings or our own desires. Right. And in a situation like that, it's it's pretty clear when somebody puts it on you and then denies it. It's, it's that denial uh, that makes it very evident that it's a projection, right? Because if we're being authentic, you know, we can, we can acknowledge or at least not get defensive. And, and in many cases, I watched verbally aggressive on Twitter, right? And, and that aggression was just so over the top. It's like, no, you don't have to do that. Which means you're defending something that you're, you're trying to protect yourself in there somewhere. 
And that lack of vulnerability is, is really an issue, which I'll get into that a little bit more here in a few minutes. So in other words, what I'm telling you is when a person is projecting, what they're doing is they're telling people what they would do if they had your privilege, your advantage, or your victimization spot. If they were in your shoes... So in a weird way, they think they're empathizing. Oh, well, if I were you, I would. Well, that's a projection. Now, could it be a reasonable thing to empathize with somebody in a situation that's hard? Of course. But to assume you know, look, when, when we in therapy empathize with a person, we do that from many different points of questions, we ask things like, so hold on, tell me more about your relationship with your kid or your relationship with your parent. And we do that to tease out what the world and the experience is like for the person in front of us, not putting our own stuff on them. So we slow things down a lot on purpose as to make sure we don't put our stuff on them. I hope that makes sense. So let's put this in perspective. Privilege or victimization. Now, we could talk about other categories as well. I'm aware. But let's stick with those because those two tend to be the most common ways in which I see the projection being done. It's, it's, I'm assuming you have the same, or if I had your privilege, or I'm assuming it's the same kind of victim stance that I've had, and we get sympathy instead of empathy. It's the idea of like, oh, I've been there, and this is what I would do if I were you. Well, you're not me. So that's a projection. All right. In those situations of privilege or victimization, we see several categories pop to the surface in the clinical world, or at least these are the ones that I have seen commonly pop. Wealth, power, race, gender, and the best example of them all is the cheating spouse assuming that the other spouse is also cheating. That is the easiest example of projection because it's so overt. It's so out there. It's like, well, you know, they must have done it too. And they they put all of that on the spouse as if the spouse has already cheated. It's... Definitely when, if you, hopefully if you're a therapist out there and you're hearing this, you're like, oh, yep, I've been there, heard that. That being said, I hope that you never have to experience this because the amount of pain that's underneath that is, it's, it's really hard for people to, to, to have to experience both parties, to be honest, the one who cheated and has that shame that's building and the one who was cheated on and told that they were cheating. It's, it's really ugly and really hard and painful. So let's explain some of these categories real quick. Uh, for race, it's pretty easy. It sounds like this. If I were fill in the blank with any race, right? So uh, if I were white, I'd feel guilty for what my ancestors did. And I would, you know, and, and I would try to do everything I could to make it right. Well, maybe, 
But understand that's a projection. It's a projection that's assuming that you feel guilt. So you're, you're in that scenario making this big assumption, all right? If I were black, I would be angry because of my history, my family being, uh, you know, victims. What that's saying is I would be ashamed to be a victim. I mean, you see the projection in there. I hope you can see the projection in those two. All right. Money. If I were poor or rich, right? It could go either way. If I were poor, I would steal. So I'm going to assume that poor people steal. That's a poor projection because not all poor people steal. If I were rich, I would hoard my money. That's a projection. What that basically means when you get right down to it is in both of those situations, they're saying, I'm selfish. I'm selfish. And they're not dealing with the selfishness that's in them. They're putting it on somebody else. By the way, none of us are immune to this. We all, to some extent, have experienced or do experience either being projected on or projecting. And we have to be diligent, diligent all the time to make sure we are not projecting. And I'll get into what to do with that later on in terms of if we are being projected on. Okay. So I went over uh, race. I went over money. Uh, let's do power real quick and then we'll just shift it, shift gears. If I were to have social influence, I'd, what would you do? I'm doing that on purpose. I'm pausing here. What would you do if you had social influence? You would pick an agenda. What would your agenda be? And how would you try to influence it? I ask you that because that's your most susceptible area of projection. Right? I, I just walked you through helping you identify one of your riskier areas of projection. It goes with, if I were to have social influence, an immense amount, I'd what? What would you do? Okay, so I left that one purposely void because that one comes with power. And we all fantasize about having more power and more influence if we're being real with ourselves. Now, do we strive to gain the power and the influence? You know, some of us have matured to a point where maybe we don't. And some of us are absolutely trying to gain power and influence. And we will justify it saying, we're going to use it for good. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And if you can't take a look at your projection now, when you get there, you probably won't do it well. Keep that in mind. All right. Types of projection. There's three, what they call three classical types. Um, you know, what in the psychology or the counseling world, we, we often uh, refer to these three. Assuming shared beliefs, that would be something like a small group of, you know, a church, an LGBT community, uh, you know, a club, say like uh, a rotary club, or, you know, just think of small groups. And we assume that when we're in that environment, that we have a shared 
common goal of some sort or common belief. The second one is assuming that our abilities are the same, which look, we're going to do that sometimes, right? If we, if we show up to uh, 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 an athletic field and we see a bunch of players out there and we're just one of the players, right? And I'm using this example because I work with a bunch of athletes. We assume that we're all similar and we're trying to differentiate ourselves by showing that we're just a little bit more exceptional in a category or two or three or five, right? But we get on that field and we assume similarity first until we find out that it's not. And at the beginning, that's a projection. You don't know. It could be the, this person's first day ever on a field doing whatever the sport is. Just because we're in the same location does not mean we have similar abilities. The third one is assigning undesirable emotions onto another person. So things we don't like about ourselves, we put that on somebody else. Well, I don't like that I'm tired when I get home from work. So when I get home from work, I'm going to tell my wife, oh my gosh, you must be so tired. And I put it on her. And I wait for her to respond. That's a manipulation. By the way, I'm using that example because I've done that. Is it right? Absolutely not. It's not right, but I've done it before. Sometimes I I put it, I project it like that. Well, what I've gotten better at doing over time is saying, are you tired? And she says, well, no. Okay, great. I'm tired. (laughs) I, I, I ask the question and then I tell her where I am. Right? That, that's, that's not projecting then. That's sharing an experience. Totally different ballgame. See how that works? I hope you see how that works. You may be asking in part why I'm talking about this. It, when I, I, I know I've talked about this already, but, uh, well, not this topic, but the idea on Twitter, my, my month of August when I went in there and experimented, I got to tell you, I saw projection was so rampant. It was so rampant. And I bring that up because if we're getting that kind of exposure a lot, you need to know the consequences of it. What can happen if you're exposed to that kind of projection over and over and over? Or if you participate in that kind of projection over and over and over? And when I tell you some of the consequences, my guess is you're going to have, if if you haven't already, have some of those light bulb moments. What happens is we increase paranoia. It's the idea that we're always worried about what other people are thinking, or we're so worried about covering up what we're thinking and feeling. It's paranoia. I lie, so everybody lies. I steal, so everybody must steal. I look down on people, so they must too. I attack people, so they must be out to attack me. Man, that was the most brutal one I saw on social media. It was crazy how often I saw the attack. The attack is is an avoidance of the vulnerability. Think about that. The attacking of another person is purely an avoidance of your own vulnerability. 
Why can't we get on there and just say, you know, I don't know something. I tried that, by the way. I got a question for you. And holy smokes, if I didn't get attacked for being naive and foolish when it was literally just a question. It was a question I didn't know the answer to. And I thought, hey, let's let's see what people do if I pose a question. My goodness, it was brutal. So other than paranoia, what we do is we, we take a look at these different diagnoses and we go, where is it going to be most common if we see projection? Again, I hate to beat a dead horse, but it's really common in narcissism because of the superiority aspect of it. I see the things that they can't see. In other words, I know what you're thinking and feeling before you even think it and feel it because I am better. So I'm going to attack that. Why? Because that's what's inside of me. And if I attack it in you, then I, I look like I'm better than you. It's, it's this weird cycle of narcissism. Another is borderline. Borderline is about abandonment. So it's a fear of being abandoned if they're caught. And so what it does is it perpetuates the need to stay on the projection cycle right? If we don't and we get caught as being weak or vulnerable, then everybody's going to leave us. Which, by the way, in our world, one of the things we know for sure, people love an underdog. Unless their favorite is the one that's on top. Otherwise, there's always this desire to root for this underdog. We see it time and time and time again. We see it in gambling with addicts, we see it in sports all over the place. We love an underdog. We love watching somebody get knocked down and then watch them build it back up if they do it well. We love the story of an underdog. Depression. Depression may be internalized projection. Now, this is not always the case, but sometimes we see this in depression where they have had people projecting on them. They're saying things like, uh, you know, I'm told I'm mean, but I don't want to be mean. I'm not trying to be mean, but I keep being told that I'm mean. And so then they decide, okay, I'm going to give up. And depression hits. Why? Because they're emotionally overwhelmed with this idea that they're putting something into the world that's not even what they're putting in the world. They're being told they're doing it because other people are projecting on them. And it creates this depressive episode inside of them. At the end of the day, a lack of courage to own our own stuff makes it harder tomorrow. So one of the consequences of projecting is we weaken ourselves. Think of it like if you were to sit on the couch day after day after day, and then you were asked to go to the gym. The gym hurts at that point. It's painful. So that is the one of those big risks that comes with projection, being projected on or projecting on others. We need vulnerability and we need the rumbles. We need those, that alternative view that challenges us, but that we can respectfully engage in because we know that they're not going to put their stuff on us and I'm not going to put my stuff on them. That's what we need. And yet, with all the projection that's going on, 
that's disappearing. People are calling it a rumble when they double down. That's not a rumble. It is, it is an attempt to use your social influence and social power, which we talked about earlier, to get others to feel what you feel. That is projection. Totally different than a rumble. A rumble isn't about getting somebody to feel what I feel. A rumble is about growth and learning that comes from understanding how someone else might feel. That's where the vulnerability is. So what to do? I'm going to give you a couple of things. I actually have four things on my list. Four is it. Number one, and I cannot emphasize this enough. I know I just went over it, but I'm doing it again. Own your junk. Own your stuff. If you hurt somebody, even if you did it on accident, go and say, hey, I'm sorry I hurt you. Own your stuff. Please, it starts with that. You cannot help anybody. You cannot help somebody who is projecting onto you if you don't accurately own your own stuff. I'll tell you, it's going to key into these next ones. Number two is differentiate your stuff from theirs. When somebody is projecting on you, ask yourself the question. Look, it's feedback, right? Think of it as that feedback loop. And in a feedback loop, what do we do? We ask, uh, does this fit? Nope, this does not fit. That is not even close to, to what I was attempting or what I meant. So then if the answer is no, it does not fit, dismiss it. Look, understand that it's not your stuff at that point. You have done your diligence. Now, you can't be flippant about that. You really got to truly ask yourself if it fits. Because if any part of it fits, then own that part. And oftentimes feedback, not always, but feedback or projection can come with some bits of truth. If parts of it are true, own those parts and dismiss the rest. If it does fit, you have to do something different. Which means, at minimum, be clearer in your communication. At minimum. Okay? And at most, you might have a whole life change to make. Depends on what it is. The third thing, set boundaries with projectors. That's tough to do. Because they're going to see you as trying to weasel out of their feedback. That's what it's going to look like, feel like, and experience they're going to have from it most likely. And so what you do is just say, look, I appreciate the feedback. In this situation, it doesn't seem to fit. But thank you. Now they're going to be like, what do you mean it doesn't fit? And they're going to project again. Then we have to set firmer boundaries. Please stop. This is no longer helpful to me right? It's got to be super clear. And then the fourth thing, when you set a boundary, you have got to hold it. So don't make any threats that you're not going to follow through with. And threats, I mean, like, I'm never going to talk to you again. Don't do that unless you mean it. But when you set a boundary, make sure you hold the boundary. Because if they're projecting onto you and you don't hold the boundary, they're going to walk away going, see, I knew I was right. And it's not good for you and it's not good for them. 
So that's the four-step process that I, I recommend when we're dealing with somebody who's projecting onto us. And if we are potentially projecting on others, own your stuff, differentiate your stuff from the others, set boundaries, and then hold those boundaries. I hope that this was helpful to some of you. I hope you're thinking a little bit more about projection and thanks for listening. Have a great day. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please take a look at our website at www.healthyperspectives.com with a dash in between the healthy and the perspectives, make sure there's an S at the end.com. So again, www.healthy-perspectives with an S.com. 